So the share this morning is titled "How to Bring the Geula," and what I was uh, I want to take a look at a few sources with you and uh, try to piece together uh, what's really going on. Let's begin when David Hamelach decides to build the base Hamikdash. What are his reflections? What are the, the thoughts that are in his mind? Probably said this this parak of Tehillim thousands of times, literally. He probably never thought about what, what exactly is going on. Right? We say it every single morning. What is going like the, the title is, right? David Amanach is dedicating the base of Megdash, and obviously he never dedicates the base of Megdash because he his son builds the base of Megdash. But there's there's a, a concept here of David Hamelach, I guess, deciding to build the base of Megdash. Something's going on over here. What are his reflections when that Geula happens? When that level of redemption happens, that there's a base of Megdash in Yerushalayim. Mizmoshir, Chanukah, Tabait, Ledavid. His reflections seem like, I don't know. Let's take a look. I'll praise you, Hashem, because you have drawn me up. Right, I cried out to you and you, and you healed me. Hashem ha'elita min sha'ol nafshi. By the way, what does ki dilitani mean? Ki dilitani. A dli, what's a dli? A bucket. Right, that, that goes into a well, draws up water. Ki dilitani, it means like, because you have drawn me up. What? A dli, right. Adli is a bucket, and ki dilitani means you've drawn me up like a bucket. It's a very interesting imagery of being drawn up from a hole. Okay, bear with me. This this imagery comes again and again in Perak uh, in Tehillim Perak Lamet. Halita min shaol nafshi. You've drawn me up from the shaol, from the depths. Chitani miyoldebo. You've given me life from those who are deep in the pit now let's just think a little bit okay there's one phrase that's just like totally unique almost in the Torah and it goes like this right, what do you gain in my blood if I go down to the depths what is the one other time in Tanakh the term ma betza comes up Ma betza. What do you gain? Definitely in Sefer Rishis. Something with a well. Gan, yeah, with a bow. What? Yosef, right. Who says ma betza? Yehuda. Yehuda says ma betza kinarog What do we gain by killing our brother? And now all the imagery of the well makes so much sense. Right? Who's drawn out of a well? Who's drawn out of a pit? Who's drawn out of a bowl? Yosef. Yosef's put in a, a pit, and everyone thinks he's going to die. Right? As you know, Chazal say there are snakes and scorpions inside the pit. Finally, he's drawn out to life. And then for a second time, Yosef is put into a bowl. Right? Prison is described by the Torah as... A bowl, a pit. But a bowl is also a well. Well, 
when the Pasuk says, Why do you think there's supposed to be water in a pit? The answer is because it's not just a pit, it's a well. It's a dried up well. Okay, this is all very interesting. The question is, how does it make any sense? What is David HaMelech doing? Thanking Hashem for saving him, but giving echoes of the Yosef story. Mechiras Yosef. Right? So to speak, just to, to put it all together, David HaMelech is saying, I'm like Yosef. I was put into a pit, and you drew me out, Hashem. You saved me. And just like Yudah said, it's not worth it for us to kill our brother. So you too said, it's not worth for it. Worth, it doesn't make sense for, for David HaMelech to be killed. Let's take him out. Let's save him. Okay, so this is the mystery. How does that have to do anything to do with, like, why is this Mizmoshir Hanukkah Sabah David? What's that got to do with the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash? This thought, and, and when was David ever in a pit? David was in a pit that he was drawn out of. Like, I don't remember that. Okay. So for the answer for this, I'd like to turn to this week's Haftorah. This week's Haftorah also makes a marriage between Geula and the Yosef saga. Let's take a look. HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to Yechezkel and tells him the follow, following. Right, he says to the Navi Yechezkel, by the way, sometimes the Navim were told to give prophecies, and sometimes they were told to act out certain things. And in that action, they give a message to the people. This is one of those examples. You'll see. You'll see, you'll see. He's told, take a piece of wood and write on it, Liuda. And take another piece of wood and write it on it, Liosef. And you walk around with both of them. And then, bring them together. And when people ask you, right, walk around with them. Walk around with these two pieces of wood, one with, uh, with, with uh, Yehuda written on it, one with Yosef written on it. What do you tell them? You know what you tell them? And he's acting out this, this motion of what we call Achtos. Right? There's this great split between, within Am Yisrael, this great divide, Yosef and Yudah. And what he's told is, bring them together. Why is this the Haftorah? Very, fairly obvious. What? Because this, this parasha is the, is the unity of Yosef and Yehuda. Beautiful. But the Haftorah doesn't stop there. The Navi doesn't stop there. Listen to how he carries on. I'm going to do kibbutz galios. What happens when we have achdus? The next thing is kibbutz galios. And kibbutz galios isn't, isn't the end. You know what's going to happen? David. Who's going to be king over Am Yisrael? David HaMelech. 
רואה אחד יהיה לכולם. When there's achdus, we can live together, we can have kibbutz galios, and the next thing that can happen is Mashiach. You can have one leader, one king, over all of Am Yisrael. And it doesn't stop there. Right, the Haftorah ends on a massive high. I'm going to have a, an everlasting covenant with them. I'm going to have a base amigdash inside Am Yisrael forever. And it seems that the message the Haftorah wants to give, the commentary, on the parasha that uh, Haftar is trying to give is as follows. Number one, there's a thing called Achtos. Achtos leads to Kibbutz Galias. Kibbutz Galias leads to Mashiach. And Mashiach leads to Binyan Beis HaMikdash. And so it seems that a prerequisite of a Beis HaMikdash, if you go backwards now, is a righteous king. A prerequisite of a righteous king is everyone being together. And a prerequisite of everyone being together is Achtos. And therefore it seems that hidden within the parasha isn't just a nice story of the reunification of a family, but rather the seeds of Geula being planted. Ironically, even though Yehuda steps forward and there's this great Achdos, we know that we're on the way down to Egypt, to Galus. But within that, it's like, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is maktim refuel amaka. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings the cure before the cast. And before we even go in there, there's a moment of Achdos, a moment of coming together, which can unlock the Gula. Now, when was that great moment of Achdos in David HaMelech's life? What is David HaMelech talking about? If we follow the formula of Yechezkel Perak Lamed Zayin, it's supposed to be an achdus that leads to unity, people living together. Then there's supposed to be a king. And then there's supposed to be Mashiach. Uh, uh, the king is Mashiach. And then there's supposed to be the Binyam Beis So how does that happen in David HaMelech's life? Fascinatingly. If you go all the way back to the beginning of, of David's story, how does David uh, gain fame? When does David become famous for the first time ever? When he kills Goliath, right? Goliath is there. He's cursing the Jewish people. He's saying, who will fight me? David Amalek comes forward and he kills him. What happens right after that? What? Yeah, yeah, he carries his head around, he brings it to the king. After the whole story of Goliath is finished, all of a sudden David becomes very popular within Am Yisrael, right? People are praising him and talking about him. All right, Shaul, uh, Shaul brings him close, at least initially, right, before he becomes jealous and tries to kill him. But something amazing happens with Yonatan. Let me just find this. Right, Yonatan, who is Yonatan? No, he's not just a, a general, he is Shal's son. Who is David to Yonatan? 
Before. Before. Think about who he could have been. You're right, they were best friends. Before. Who. Exactly. Who is David Yonatan? His absolute rival. Right? If anyone is supposed to succeed Shaul, it's supposed to be Yonatan. Yonatan is supposed to be the successor. It's the only logical, obvious thing for, to happen. And yet, when the moment of potential rivalry happens, what does Yonatan do? He doesn't just step back. He takes off his coat and gives it to him. Who else received a coat? But his brothers, who were jealous of him, they took off his coat. They stole his coat. They dipped it in blood. They sent him off to slavery to make sure he wouldn't be the one. And Yonatan turns around thousands of years later and says, I will not repeat the same mistake. There's a person here who can be amazing, be amazing for Am Yisrael. I'm not going to be his rival. I'm going to be his champion. I'm going to take off my own. Imagine the coat Yonatan was wearing. He was the prince. He was, he was going to be king. I'm sure he had a fancy coat. And he takes that coat off and he gives it to David. Symbolizing, you know, in previous generations, not only was there rivalry, but father gave someone else a coat who wasn't the Bihar. Now the Bihar is giving his rival the coat. Wow. And so in that moment, in that moment, Yonatan turns to David and says, I support you. And the whole way through, as then Shaul turns on David and tries to kill him, who is there to protect him? Yonatan. When David HaMelech dedicates the base of Migdash, he turns around and he says, I am Yosef. I was in a pit, not a physical pit, but a pit that really could have killed me. A pit that really could have destroyed me. It was so close. Shaul was after me. How did I get out? Because I had an ally. An ally like Yuda. Yuda that comes in right at the end of the story. And when the sack of Binyamin is opened up and the goblet is found in there, he steps up and he takes responsibility and he says, absolutely no way am I letting a Binyamin go, go, into, uh, go to slavery. But he doesn't just say that. It's amazing. If you think about all of Sefer Bracious, as a meta-narrative that's been going on the whole time, which is sibling rivalry. Brothers hating each other. Kain and Hevel. Yitzhak and Yishmael. Yaakov and Esav. Yosef and his brothers. Sibling rivalry is going on the whole time. What's the single most difficult thing to do as a sibling? To recognize... To recognize that father loves someone else more than me and not to be spiteful about it. Every single time the sibling rivalry is to do with the love of father. Even Cain and Heaven is to do with our father in heaven's love, right? He's jealous of his brother and so jealous that Hashem loves him more because he accepted his carbon, he kills him. Yisak and Ishmael fighting for Abraham's love. Yaakov and Esau fighting for their father's love. Yosef and his brothers fighting for their father's love. What does your dad do at the beginning of this week's parasha? It's amazing. It's, it's crazy. I'll, re I'll read it to you inside. Just because it's... Wow.
right? He, he, he starts saying, you know, you ask us all these questions. And then he says, I can't not bring Binyamin back. You know why? Because he's the only one from his mother and father loves him. So, uh, wait a second. If Yehuda stays in Mitzrayim, it's okay? You know what Yehuda says? Yeah, on some level. It will hurt father more. I recognize it will hurt father more if I don't come back than if Binyamin doesn't come back. That is a hard thing to admit. That is so difficult to acknowledge the fact that father loves someone else more. To take responsibility and to say, I'm, I'm willing to, to live up to that fact, to live in accordance with that fact. You know what the great irony is? In that moment, when he accepts that father loves someone else more, that's the moment when he becomes the one. When he lets go, and he lets Binyamin be the chosen one, you know what happens? He becomes the father of David. And Binyamin in turn, as he receives the love from Yudah, the protection, the brotherly love, he becomes the father of Yonatan. In order to build the base of English, we need we need Achdos. But not just like, oh yeah, I love everyone. Real self-sacrifice for the sake of someone else who could be your rival, who could take your spot, and you support him anyway. Because you realize he has some greatness that's worth protecting. There's a reason. And when you become selfless like that, then there's a possibility of unity. Then there's a possibility of Kibbutz Galios. Then there's a possibility of Mashiach. And then there's a possibility of Binyan Beis Amigdash. Right at the end of Perak Lament, what does it say? You've opened up my sack and you've given me Simcha. As opposed to in last week's parasha when they opened up a sack and what was there? Pain and suffering. Right? David Amelach turns around and says, I understand the sacrifices Yonatan made for me in order to be, for me to be in the position of building the base of Mekdash. I understand what, what is needed. It's a beautiful shtickle Torah, beautiful idea. I was thinking this, imagine a basketball came out in the late 1800s. Kodesh Baruch asked Am Yisrael, do you want to be one nation again? Are you interested? Right now, there are Jews living in Arab countries and Jews living in America and England and all over the place. Are you interested in being one nation again? You know, it's really difficult hanging out with your brother sometimes. Right, this guy isn't religious and this guy is a different culture and this guy speaks Amharit and this guy's, you know, been in India for however many years, generations. Being together as a nation has its challenges. Look at Zionist history. Right, all the atrocities that were committed by, let's call it the Ben-Gurion government against the uh, Svadim, right? It's not easy being together. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks Am Yisrael, do you want it? Are you interested? With all the challenges and all the difficulties that it, you know, it involves. And Am Yisrael turned around and said, yes. We would like to be a family again. We would like to be a nation again. And we're willing to take the toll of all the challenges along the way. 
Because ultimately, we are Goy Echad Ba'aretz. We want to be one nation in the land. And here we are, you know, solved. We're around for a, a fourth round of election in two years. And there's so much divide between Am Yisrael. So many different thoughts, so many different things. And you know what? It's okay for everyone to have their own opinions. It's okay for everyone to, to live according to their own values. But Chas V'Shalom, we use those arguments about values to divide us as people. To forget that we are one family. We are one people. We care about each other on a basic level beyond our ideological divides. Israel Hashem, we can use the, this parasha to, uh, to inspire us on, a, on an Am Yisrael level and even on a yeshiva level. Right? Baruch Hashem, we uh, started, uh, you know, it's a crazy year. Now, here, after Hanukkah, we're starting to, to mix with the Israelis. Israel Hashem, we should, we should uh, have the vision, have the understanding. The Geula is brought about through a conscious decision to be Goyachat with all the complications that it involves. To be united not because we are the same, but despite that we are different. And to appreciate those differences, to respect those differences, but to realize there's something greater that we're working towards. We're working towards Achtus, which will lead to Kibbutz Galios. And Kibbutz Galios will lead to Mashiach. And Mashiach that will lead to Binyan Beis Amigdash. In the of Yameinu. Okay, today's Makoros uh, have been sent on the